This show is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network, a hub for the creative and the curious. Shows are produced in association with Headstuff and the Podcast Studios Dublin. Find out more or become a member at headstuffpodcasts.com. Pie Beta Alpha, the podcast in which we explore the strange and terrifying world of the Sweet Valley High TV series, episode by episode. I'm Anna Carey. I'm Karen Moynihan. And this week we're singing, Don't Strand So Close <laughs> To Me. <laughs> we didn't know it was a pun last time. <laughs> no, because Wikipedia said, Don't Stand So Close To Me. But actually, according to Amazon, the name of the episode is, Don't strand so close to me and it actually does make sense in the context it it works in fairness but they've done this to us before I feel like Mm. that was the crack with um totally clueless was actually totally cueless which made way more sense and was actually quite a good pun in the context of the episode again (laughs) so yeah classic Wikipedia was that the one with Vincenzo Vincenzo. (laughs) (laughs) you mean take care of him take care of him you know Take care of it. <laughs> yeah, all that. <laughs> Truly one of the finest episodes oh, of the entire series. <laughs> so good. <laughs> well, uh, as usual, we will get started with our uh, Wikipedia and Amazon blurbs. And uh, Wikipedia has this to say. Todd starts seeing Carrie. That's wrong. Her name's mm, Ke- Carrie. <laughs> Not, they're spelling it here, Carrie, as in... Uh, sure. Yeah. Oh, oh, I was thinking Stephen King, but oh, uh, okay. <laughs> I did just watch the episode of Riverdale where they do carry the musical. So, okay, you know, maybe that's why it's in my head. But uh, <laughs> yes, uh, he starts saying, ca- I mean, they say carry again. It mm. is carry. After learning that Liz has a new boyfriend. Talking about boyfriends, a bit generous. Mm. But Liz's boyfriend is more interested in his car than her or anything else. That's true. (laughs) That is very accurate. (laughs) Todd and Carrie um, (laughs) go on a nature hike. But when Todd gets lost, he calls Liz to come and help him. This is all very accurate, Mm. apart from the wrong name. Jessica is convinced she has psychic powers after seeing a commercial. Wow, this is surprisingly detailed is, I and keep, accurate. Like, it's like the more you read from it, the more I expect it to all go off the rails. But so far, so good. <laughs> well, what did Amazon give us? So, again, very uh, to the point. But also, I'm not sure how accurate this is really, because it's mm. the way it's put is Todd and Liz get lost in the woods after a hike. I mean, technically I mean, it's accurate. But, it's it's technically, the... it, but it makes it sound like Todd and Liz were out hiking together and got lost, which isn't. What happens? No, it is not. Um, well, <laughs> we'll dive right in, and we uh, begin in the Moon Beach. Apparently, it's hard to waitress. Like, yeah. where'd she come from? <laughs> we, it starts with her delivering, you know, handing somebody their uh, their their meals, and I guess Winston, who we sadly do not see on camera this week. Mm. Uh, I guess he's actually got some time off from his well, full-time diet around. Good for himself. him. I'm glad. He's probably doing homework somewhere and trying to catch up on <laughs> things that poor young fella. <laughs> well, Todd pushes his way uh, through the main doors after a ridiculous douchebag who is wearing what we would call traditionally a woolen tank top, which I believe mm-hmm. our American friends call a uh, a sweater vest. Yes, yeah. And uh, though it doesn't have buttons on it. Anyway, it's like a sleeveless V-neck woolly mm-hmm. jumper sweater. <laughs> this garment. He is wearing not one, <laughs> but two shirts with popped collars. 
it's baffling. I don't know what's going on with this guy. It's like we need to make him as preppy as possible and therefore cover him in as many layers of ridiculous douchebag clothing as we can. <laughs> well, apparently he cut off Todd in the parking lot and... Uh, Todd, with typical aggressive style, uh, gives out to him for this. But the douchebag says, oh, it's because you, your problem is, you drive like an old lady. Uh, and Todd is a sassy riposte. Oh, yeah. He's just saying that Chad's problem, or this guy's problem, yeah. uh, is that he thinks everyone is impressed by his Mercedes. And Todd's like, well, guess what? No one is. <laughs> Except the douchebag shrug, shrugs and strolls mm. off to a crowd of admirers who, of course, are praising his uh, his car in true extra style. And then, because I had not read the uh, the blurb at this point, I was shocked to see Liz take his hand. Oh my god! I know this is the thing because he's kind of immediately met by this like adoring crowd. It's very ridiculous, but very sweet valley at the same time. Uh, where it's true. like, oh my god, oh it's Chad, oh nice Mercedes, <laughs> and then it's like in my head as I was watching, I was like, oh, and then some girl comes up and she's like, oh Chad, I've got us a table, yeah. and I was like, whoa, that's Liz. What the fuck yes. is going on here? <laughs> like none, none of this makes sense at all. <laughs> Absolutely not. Like he is so aggressively charmless. It's yeah. astonishing. Like his facial expression is the expression of a dickhead. <laughs> He's got resting arsehole face. It's so true. He really does. Like, oh God. Yeah, this is just a very unappealing character. <laughs> so Liz sees Todd and with her arm around her new bow says, oh Todd, have you met Chad? And Todd's like, mm. <laughs> yeah, we've met. <laughs> and he's just, yeah, typically grumpy Todd. That's not going to change. No. Well, the credits roll, and when we return, we're in the pool part of the Moon Beach. Todd has decided to hang around for some reason um, and tells Liz he can't believe he's going out with that jerk. And Liz inexplicably defends Chad. Yeah, she's like, oh, he's not a jerk. And then she's kind of getting on his case. And she's like, what, are you jealous or something? And Todd is like, no, of course not. You know, I also have a date. So Liz is like, okay, who? Like, who are you going out with? So, and Todd does this like really silly thing where he just kind of scans the room and the camera kind of goes from like girl to girl in the the, the pool yep. room until it eventually settles on, uh, on like one girl with brown hair. And he's like, oh yeah, over there. He doesn't even say her name. And then Liz is like, oh, you're dating Kerry. And he's like, yeah, are you jealous? And she's like, no. <laughs> also, why didn't Todd just say Kerry, considering she's clearly somebody they know? This is of the thing. I thought it was. Th I thought he just didn't know her name. Yeah. And he was really chancing his arm, but then it was like quite clear very quickly that yeah. they all actually know each other. I was like, Jesus, Todd! All you could do is say, "Yeah, there, Kerry." <laughs> Stupid as this whole thing was. Well, Todd runs over and asks Kerry uh, again, who he clearly knows, to will she do him a favor and pretend to be his girlfriend and just like, go along with whatever he mm -hmm. says? And you know, while they were in the pool room, yeah, and. Uh, Kerry says he thought she'd never ask or he thought she thought he'd never ask and kisses him that was pretty funny actually yeah. <laughs> I wasn't expecting that from Kerry but good for her she took the opportunity I mean why she fancies him God only knows but look oh, do fingers <laughs> you could do better Kerry you're very attractive honestly she's great <laughs> Well, Liz is very pleased at this. And then Chad leans over Liz, rubbing himself right up against oh, her gross, to instruct her in uh, in pool. And of course, uh -huh. Todd does the same for Kerry. Um, but uh, turns out Kerry's amazing at pool. And then Todd's like, oh, the tips I gave you paid off. And uh, then Chad is... I mean, that was pretty obnoxious, Todd, uh, to yeah. claim credit for Kerry's skills. But mm -hmm. then Chad somehow makes me feel sympathy for Todd because he's such a prick. He's such a prick. Like, he just kind of like laughs at this really smugly and he's just like, oh, either she's really good or you're really terrible. Something like that. And I was like, yeah. it didn't really make sense as no. it is. I was just like, okay, so like, she's you really good at food. That's quite cool. So... Shut up, Chad. <laughs> and despite the fact he's just been boorish and rude, mm. um, and not particularly nice to Kerry, mm. uh, he asks Liz if she fancies a ride up the coast um, in his murk, and she's sure. Like, this is so out of character for Liz. Totally. 
And like he has his arm around her, and this is presumably their first date, but he's so proprietorial. It's yeah. really gross. <laughs> it is. Definitely. So yeah, so when she agrees to this like drive up the coast, then Todd turns to Carrie and he's like, Oh, Carrie, uh, w- what are we doing tomorrow? And she's like, Oh yeah, we're doing a 10-mile nature hike. And again, Chad starts laughing for again no real reason. And Todd's like, Oh, yeah. only 10. Why don't we make it 20? And Carrie's like, Yeah, okay, cool, let's do that. <laughs> so Todd's just kind of like digging this hole for himself yeah. to try and it's like he's trying to impress Chad more so than Liz. Yeah. I don't know what the hell is going on with him. <laughs> well, we cut to the Castletown Wakefield where Jessica and Lila are watching their fave soap and uh, Jessica <laughs> says she's sure that Dr. Drake Ramore, I mean, Dr. Treadway, <laughs> is about to come out of his coma. And she does. It's amazing. I do love the consistency of this, like, always being every so often it'll just yeah. pop up like as their favourite soap and just this ongoing storyline of Dr. Treadway it's very enjoyable it it's really is consistency like it's rare but it's lovely when it happens <laughs> we enjoy it when we, we rarely get it this is the thing uh, yeah so he comes out of the coma she's amazed she's like oh my god I knew that would happen uh, and then an ad comes on telly uh, and we can just hear like the voiceover saying like do you predict things and then they come true and yeah. Jessica's like Yes. And I think the next thing is like, oh, do you know what your friends will ask before they do? And again, it's like they're eating popcorn and Lila's about to ask for the salt, but Jessica has already passed it to her. So she's yeah. like, oh my God. <laughs> I think the final bit, which is great, is the yeah. voiceover says, do you feel special in a way no one else understands? And Jessica's like, yes, all the time. <laughs> and her delivery of this is so funny. It's like, great. <laughs> she's so enraptured. It's so funny. <laughs> well, the ad says that if she's answered yes to any of these questions, she's probably psychic and should join <laughs> Psychics Limited. I mean, I hope this is a psychics union. Um, so uh, <laughs> Jessica is convinced um, she has psychic powers. Mm-hmm. And Lila says, oh, yeah, right you do. And I shop at the bargain basement. <laughs> Jessica reminds her, everybody knows twins of psychic powers. And in fairness to her, in this series, or at least the books, mm-hmm. this is canon. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> so Lila is like, okay, if you're psychic, then tell me what I'm thinking about right now. And Jessica's like, shopping. And again, <laughs> Lila, I'm surely is really growing on me with her deadpan style. She just goes, lucky guess, try again. And Jessica again says, shopping. And Lila's like, one more time. And Jessica says, I can feel you trying to fool me. You're still thinking about shopping. And this convinces Lila. She's like, oh my God, you are psychic. And they both like scream in delight. And it's it's so fun. The back and forth between them is actually very convincing and very enjoyable. So yeah, fair play to Shirley. She's actually doing a great job. Yeah, they have a great chemistry. And it is very different from our beloved Bridget, who was more of a of a camp sensation. But this this Lila is camp in a more deadpan way. It's deadpan, definitely. Yeah, but she's still very... And she is more like book Lila, probably, even in looks as well. But like, Yes, But without true. having a flat face either Shirley's very pretty <laughs> so, with a three-dimensional face <laughs> but yeah it's just yeah it's funny that it is like two two quite different Lilas but in their own way they are both great true well we cut to school the next day where Cheryl is worried about the trigonometry test that day even though she's she's done a lot of study but she feels mm-hmm. you know it's um she still feels sort of unprepared yeah Jessica says it's too bad Cheryl's not a psychic like herself <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Jessica declares that she's going to ace the test without even opening a book. Uh, and of course, Cheryl is extremely unconvinced and sarcastic about this whole thing. She's like, all right, psychic, huh? Uh, and Jessica's like, yes, I see. And she keeps doing this thing all through the episode where she like rubs her temples with her yeah. eyes closed. <laughs> she's like, I see a big red A on my test. And Cheryl kind of copies her and goes, mm, and I see a big red F on your test. <laughs> well, we cut to the test and Jessica keeps making her psychic face and doing her sort of temple whooping thing but it's so good because she's doing it for literally every question like she'll like write something on the thing put down her pen start rubbing her temples and going "Mm," she's concentrating and then pick up the pencil again and again and it is very funny it is she's doing a great job um so uh, sadly her uh, her little psychic moments don't seem to be paying off so she asks poor Cheryl who is like 
trying to answer a test uh, and is still deeply unimpressed by her. It's like, oh, pick a number between one and five. And Cheryl's like, what the fuck? And Jessica says, oh, I'm going to use my powers. Um, and Cheryl <laughs> basically tells her to fuck off and basic, but then gives in because I guess she realizes Jessica isn't going to give up. So yeah. she's like, fine, four. And Jessica yells, you're not supposed to tell me. And at <laughs> last, the teacher in this very small classroom notices what's going on. <laughs> Yeah, so he's like, what's going on back there? And Jessica again goes, I see us getting detention. <laughs> and of course, the teacher's like, I see some people want detention. And Lila starts laughing. So all three of them end up getting detention, basically. And poor Cheryl, she didn't do anything. I know. It's extremely unfair. So unfair. Uh, but Jessica is delighted. It says, what did I say? <laughs> So we cut to the moon beach where Kerry, who is a sensible person, is planning the route they're going on their hike. It sounds quite, you know, quite a challenge. At one stage, they're they're going on a road, then the road will disappear. And she asks what Todd has in his absolutely enormous rucksack. And uh, he's packed for every occasion except going on a hike. Basically, yeah. He's like, oh, you know, I just have necessities in here. And he's listing off. He's He's got like a Game Boy beach chairs, his Nerf hoop, which is like a little portable basketball hoop mm-hmm. and, and like snacks and stuff. And Carrie's like, you have to travel light. What are you doing? And she's like, and you also have to pay attention to this map. She's like, if I get ahead of you, you could get lost. And in fairness to Carrie, she seems like she's quite experienced at this stuff because she seems to know her way around this route on the map. And she's trying to explain it to Todd and he's just not paying attention. Uh, and when she says that he could get lost, of course, Todd just goes all defensive dickhead and he's like, lost me. I never get lost. <laughs> He's so charmless. Oh, he's so annoying. <laughs> well, of course, we cut to the woods where Todd and his giant rucksack are lost. Of course. And uh, he yells for Kerry, who was clearly rightly ditched. <laughs> she has seen sense and she's like, fuck this, I'm out of here. <laughs> well, we cut to the breakfast club. I mean, detention <laughs> at Sweet Valley High. <laughs> where Lila's touching up her makeup as the teacher walks in and says, oh, are you here for detention? And uh, Cheryl, who I do not blame for uh, being in a very pissed off mood, says, no, we're here for the pep rally. And Edith's like, oh, really? I'm, here. I'm in detention. It's quite funny. It's very funny because yeah, Enid, it turns out, has also got detention and she starts babbling away to Cheryl. She's like, I'm in here for talking. Can you believe it? I was just telling Liz about my Uncle Ben converting to Buddhism because he was going bald and then out of the blue, Mrs. Crabtree slaps me with detention. It's not fair. <laughs> so she's just like rambling on and yeah. really quickly in very classic Enid style. Uh, yeah. And then she's just like, there's no justice in this system. <laughs> Which I did really enjoy for me. I also enjoyed it. <laughs> well, the teacher says, yeah, get used to it, Leaded, basically. Life isn't fair. And he says, I don't want to be here any more than you do. And Lila's like, great, let's go. <laughs> yes, but the teacher gets to just settle down because they're all here till five o'clock, no matter what. Well, this enrages Cheryl even more um, as well as Mike again, because uh, she's going to miss her kickboxing class. And uh, Jessica does her psychic face again <laughs> and says she has a vision of them leaving early. And the teacher says, quiet, I'm putting because uh, he's taking advantage to practice his golf. Yeah, yeah, he's got his golf club there and he's he's practicing his uh, his putting technique. And as he's doing so, as he's about to take his shot, Jessica's like, I see you missing it. And of course, he chokes because she's just talked while he was trying to yeah. get some quiet for his uh, his shot. But anyway, she's delighted. That sounds Enid quite a bit hilariously. <laughs> Enid just is like happy to go along with whatever the crack is, it seems like. <laughs> True. Well, we cut to the hideous Chad. He's wearing two <laughs> shirts again. Now he's got a jumper, like jumper. The, sort of over his shoulders, with the, you know the sleeves knotted oh, on his God. chest. It's, it's it's very Bruce on the cover of Playing with Fire. It's <gasps> that classic douchebag jumper over the shoulders. Yeah. So Bruce was not wearing two shirts with popped collars. No, that's very true. But it's funny. It's like it's like he's a stand-in for Bruce, but it wouldn't make any sense for Liz to date Bruce. <laughs> so they just I mean, made up a new guy. <laughs> this is true. And then it doesn't make any sense for her to go out with somebody like none, this. None. None at all. <laughs> like, he's terrible. <laughs> well, he asks Liz, uh, he knocks, uh, brings at the door of the casa and asks Liz, is the neighbourhood safe? Because he's parked the car just outside. And she's like, uh, yeah, of course it is. And then we hear a little bird singing and he's like, what's that bird doing? It's looking at my car. <laughs> That is brief. 
<laughs> it was <laughs> funny to too. His delivery is pretty good on this. You know, he's meant to be a douchebag. We're supposed to hate him. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but yeah, Liz is like, it's chirping. He's like, no, it's looking at my car. <laughs> so Liz uh, points out that she has a route planned for their drive that'll take them by Hearst Castle. Um, and next thing he hears a noise and he's like, what's that noise? She's like, oh, it's the lawn sprinklers. So he freaks out because he's like, no, the car is getting wet. I have to get these water stains off it immediately. Give me a chamois. Have you got a chamois? And this is like, what are you t- talking about? <laughs> so he's like, give me your sweater. It's cashmere, isn't it? <laughs> like, just the worst. <laughs> um, so Liz is unimpressed, as she should have been before <laughs> any of this. <laughs> Indeed, she'd have been unimpressed the first time she met this fucker. Exactly. <laughs> um, but uh, we cut to the lost Todd, who has found a wooden little phone box thing, hmm. uh, or a sort of phone uh, shack. Yeah, it's and... like a payphone that must be like on part of the hiking trail or something. It's like he found his way back to some manner of path or trail, but obviously Which doesn't do anything with that. He could wish. just follow. <laughs> you would think. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of people not just walking along roads in this book or mm. in this episode. Very true. Um, so he rings Winston and uh, sadly we don't see Winston, but we do hear his answering machine message. So I love this little sequence. Oh. I'm just saying it delivered so much more than I was expecting from a Todd scene. But yeah, <laughs> yeah. like funny how it's saved by like off-screen characters. But um, <laughs> yeah, we just get a, a shot of an answering machine on a table. There's this weird little kind of teepee or something beside it. I don't yeah. know what's going on with that decoration. It was a weird choice. But we can hear Winston's message, which is, oh, this is Winston. I'm currently in a parallel dimension, but leave me a message and I'll get back to you. <laughs> I feel like this era was a time for people doing like ridiculous personalized answering machine messages because mm. me and my sister changed our family's <laughs> voicemail thing. It was when like telecom Aaron um, ah. <laughs> first allowed, you know, you you didn't need an answering machine. They just provided answering oh, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. things. And without our parents knowing it, we put on this like very 60s sort of lounge music for- <laughs> musical oh Calcutta and there was like do 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 and then it was like life in the Carey household is just one long party in fact we're too busy partying to come to the phone right now we'll leave a message and we'll get back to you sorry you weren't invited oh my god that's so good <laughs> and then an elderly nun my mother's aunt rag got incredibly confused and my parents found out about it. <laughs> That's brilliant. Rumbled by a nun. Classic nuns. <laughs> I was Sister Antoninus. <laughs> oh my God. That's so good. We <laughs> are your house and there was a strange message. Oh my God. That's so yeah, I felt this was this was happening literally around the time that this episode came out. <laughs> Kindred spirits. Yes. Well, the next message is uh we hear is from Shred. Yes. So he drives Shred's house, gets his machine too, and wonderfully we get the shot of Shred's answering machine, which is surrounded by like troll dolls and surfing <laughs> magazines. It's just it's so good. I love that. <laughs> and did he not have a locker full of trolls? He sure did. So yes, he loves a troll doll, this guy. And There's so much my- consistency in this episode. I'm really surprised. Hey, I mean, I think we've just been so bamboozled by the books lately in their absolute rejection of consistency <laughs> that we're just so delighted to see like patterns emerging in this TV show. It's like, oh my God, Troll Dolls. We know he likes them because his locker was filled with them a few episodes ago. And it's like, there they are again. It's just really satisfying when there's a bit of thought gone into things. Exactly. It happens so rarely. But, you know, as they say, what seldom is wonderful. Well, there you go. This is why we're freaking out. <laughs> Um, yes, yeah, so then Shred's message uh, is uh, surfs up and I'm out. Have a totally guava day. <laughs> I love him. It's so great. So then he rings Liz, typical charmless style. He's like, instead of saying, oh, I'm really sorry to bother you, but she's like, Liz, you have to help me. Oh, he has to really fuck off, Todd. <laughs> Jesus, the nerve of this guy. <laughs> Well, she says, oh, I'm about to leave the house. And he's mm. like, 
my, my notes say he begs for help or rather demands it. This is the thing. My notes also say he begs for help. But like, again, he's not really begging. He's just being really entitled and being like, you have to hear me out. You have to help me. It's just like, oh, my God, he's just the worst. He really, really is. <laughs> Can you ever say please? Like, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> well, we cut back to the breakfast club where everybody's staring mm-hmm. at the clock and uh, the... Uh, the uh, the the teacher is still just golfing away, and <laughs> Jessica's like, "Oh, you know, I'm psychic," and he's like, "Really?" And Cheryl basically <laughs> says, "I hope she knows I'm going to kill her." <laughs> <laughs> this is the thing: it's like when Cheryl's sarcasm is being put to good use, it's highly enjoyable. <laughs> oh no, this is the thing: she's such a great character, and yeah. uh, this is she's deployed been deployed very well recently. Mm. I think they've sort of figured out what to do with her um, yeah. in a very uh, entertaining way. Um, but Jessica decides to challenge the teacher. Yes. So she says to him to pick a number between one and five. And if she gets it, he has to let them out early. Uh, So he's unconvinced. And then she says, but, you know, if I guess right, you get to go play golf because this guy is clearly absolutely dying to get out on the course because he's literally (laughs) wearing like those weird like checkered golf pants. Yeah. And he's been putting like all the way through this detention. Um, So he's like, "Okay, yeah. All right. So he's going to she's going to guess how many fingers he's holding up behind his back, basically. So she's like. I see. And again, rubbing your temples goes yeah. three fingers. And then we can see that he was actually holding up two fingers behind his back, but changes it to three. And yeah. he's like, oh my God, you're right. <laughs> Get me out of here. Literally runs off saying, you're dismissed. Yeah, basically grabs his caddy and he's out of there. <laughs> well, Enid is very impressed and is like, oh my God, Jessica, you should start your own hotline. <laughs> and it's like, now do you believe me, Cheryl? And Cheryl looks hilariously appalled by this whole thing. Cheryl's facial expressions are so funny. Yeah. <laughs> She's great. Uh, like us, she is. Uh, she she feels that everything in Street Valley is slightly, you know, terrifying at all times. Mm, true. <laughs> well, Liz and Chad arrived to pick up Todd, so we clearly knew where he was, and he's also on a road, like he's an lying actual road. Down. He's lying down on the road as well, which I couldn't get my head around. He's yeah. on a bend, lying down on the road. Like his legs are lying across the edge of this road. And I was just like, he is just trying to get it by a car. What is happening Oh, here? let nature take its course. It Come on. <laughs> my notes were just like, cut to Todd, lying on the road, on a bend, WTF. <laughs> I was so annoyed by this. But anyway, <laughs> so Chad and Chad and Liz do pull up and manage not to hit him, which I feel like is a miracle. Mm, and a missed opportunity. <laughs> well, Chad and his driving gloves. For yes, he is wearing driving gloves like Alan Partridge, who he's kind of dressed like in a way. Oh God, yes, he is. You're right. <laughs> Apart from the two shirts, but everything else. Very quite Alan. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> uh, aha, indeed. <laughs> so, Chad is like, I didn't realize you're picking up this loser. I mean, who did you think you were picking up, Chad? Oh, fuck, I know. But like, it's like, who's more annoying, Todd or Chad? It's really hard to choose. Oh, um, it really is. You know? <laughs> so, yeah, so Chad is disgusted at the sight of Todd. And then Todd is like, I'd rather crawl home than get a ride with you. And it's like, what did you think was happening? You knew Liz was going on a drive with this guy. Did you think she was going to drop everything and come and get you? Like, it's, you know, it's they were nice enough to come this far to pick you up but anyway <laughs> um, everyone's annoying and Liz is just like just get in the car like you called for help we're here just just get in and shut up basically <laughs> I mean she really does have terrible taste in men because they are both such arseholes in, uh, in this scene because Todd jumps in with his ginormous bag mm-hmm. and uh, he's sort of sitting up on like the. it looks like he's perched on the back of the back seat of this convertible <laughs> It was stressing me out so much. It looks so incredibly unsafe. It's like there basically isn't room for a person back there. So between his giant bag and him, he's basically hanging out of this car. Like it's like he's sitting up really high. His entire top half of his body is out of this car. Like just it's it's crazy. I, I was just looking at this going, I, I can't handle this at all, lads. I, I know. It, it was very stressful. Like he, like I said, it looked like he was sitting on top of the back seat, like the mm. back, yes. uh, backrest of yeah. the car. Yeah. But uh, yeah, they zoom off down the road. Uh, Liz is worried that Chad is going too fast, which he is. He says he can mm-hmm. go twice as fast. And then Todd is like, oh, can you turn up the radio? I'm not deaf yet. 
I'm just going to say, you're in an open convertible. There's no fucking way you'd be deafened by a loud stereo when you're driving down a mountain road. <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> but yeah, like he's being annoying. Chad's being annoying because Chad is driving really fast as well. Um, and uh, oh yeah, Todd wants them to stop at the next drive through because he's absolutely starving. And Chad is like, no one needs in my car. So Todd then opens like a bag of Skittles really awkwardly. Yeah. So they all fall at the bottom of the bag and go all over the car. So Chad freaks out and he's like not watching the road because he's turned around giving oh, out to Todd. even more stressful. This whole scene, I was just like, <laughs> please, when will it end? I hate it. <laughs> So yeah, Chad, as you say, is not looking at the road and he's sort of reaching around, trying to stop Todd and eventually Mm -hmm. he boots both of them out of the car. Yeah, yeah, he peels away and Todd and Liz are left abandoned, stranded, you might say, on the side of the road. (laughs) Well, Todd's like, oh, we showed him and Liz says, oh, we're better off without him. I mean, you should be appalled at both the arseholes Mm. that you have inexplicably Mm. chosen to... Very poor choices here, Liz. (laughs) So Todd wonders if Chad will send a search party and I wouldn't hold your breath, Todd. No. So we cut to the casa and Lila asks Jessica if if her psychic powers can predict what's going to happen to Dr. Treadway. (laughs) And Jessica says she sees financial ruin and Lila's like, and then uh, Jessica sees Amanda losing a baby bit dark and uh, mm. Jessica and Lila's like oh. and Jessica says but it's not his anyway <laughs> and then the doorbell rings and uh, it's our pal Cheryl hooray <laughs> yeah, so Jessica sees that it's Cheryl and she's like oh are you here for a palm reading <laughs> but of course Cheryl is like uh, not having any of this she's like well if you were really psychic you'd know why I was here uh, and it turns out she's actually here because her and Liz are supposed to be studying for their English test Jessica says she could say what's on the test, but uh, she's not going to (laughs) cheat. So she reveals that Liz is on a date with Chad and uh, hasn't come home yet. And Cheryl Mm. is concerned because she says it's not like Liz to miss uh, studying for a date. Mm. And Jessica's like, oh, isn't it great? She's finally got a priority straight. (laughs) (laughs) That's a very good line. (laughs) It was. And very well delivered again. Uh, But then Lila notices that uh, there's there's a, a message on the answering machine because the light's blinking. Mm, yeah, so when they play it, it turns out it's from Chad and it's him saying, it's he's left a message for Liz saying, sorry yeah. for leaving you on the side of the road with that psycho. Uh, did I leave my driving gloves at your house? And like, he was wearing his driving gloves in the car. Maybe he's a second pair, who knows? Uh, <laughs> <I> <laughs> he seems he like a type that would have more than one pair of driving gloves, <laughs> exactly. actually, now that I think of it. Um, so Jessica tries to call him back to to find out where he left her. Uh, and Cheryl is like, can't you just channel him? But like... <laughs> I was also a bit like, okay, not now, Cheryl. <laughs> but there's no answer from Chad. He's not there. It's just it, this whole thing. There's so many answering machines in this episode. It's kind of gas. Um, yeah, so basically Chad's not home. So they don't know where Liz is or yeah. where she's been dropped off on the side of the road. Of course, Chad's message says, you can't drive my car, but you can leave me a message. <laughs> yeah, everyone's got their own little quirky way of saying leave a message, basically. It's great. I'm telling you, it was, uh, it was all the rage. Back in the mid nineties, international transatlantic <laughs> sensation. <laughs> well, we cut to the forest, and uh, there are no road signs apparently. Uh, but Liz, again, they're on a fucking road, so <laughs> just walk downhill. You absolute Egypt. <laughs> Somehow, anyway, they've ended up in the woods. There doesn't seem to be any road or signs or any kind of in- indication as to where the fuck they are. Uh, but as you say, they were literally left on the road. But anyway, look, yeah. this is where they are now. So Liz, Liz points out that apparently Sweet Valley is west of where they are. So she's like, just, you know, have you got your compass? Let me have a look. And Todd's like, uh, compass? He's like, well, you know, I didn't have room for it. But I did bring my portable TV. And Liz, understandably, is very annoyed by this. She's like, this is completely ridiculous. I can't believe you right now. <laughs> well, we cut back to the casa where Jessica has rung the police. But of course, she can't file a missing person report until Liz has been gone for 24 hours. So Cheryl says, Look, we got to go out and look for her. But uh, Jessica says so she doesn't need, you know, mere uh, boots on the ground. She has psychic powers. <laughs> yeah, she's like, it's time to connect psychically with Liz. Uh, so she starts by listening to the Chad message again. 
and tries to kind of, I don't know, intuit something from that. Uh, but in the meantime, there's a special bulletin on the TV uh, and we hear from an announcer that apparently a prisoner has escaped from Seaview Penitentiary and he's armed and dangerous. <gasps> Yes, it's uh, so um, Cheryl is understandably genuinely worried at this. Yeah. And uh, Lila suggests that Jessica contacts Liz psychically. So mm-hmm. Jessica says she needs something with Liz's karma on it. I don't think yeah. Jessica knows what karma means. No, definitely not. It's like they were, this was like a placeholder word and they meant to find something more <laughs> like <laughs> That would make sense yes. in this sentence. And they just never got around to it. Um, so, so, yeah, they're like, yeah, they need something with Liz's karma on it. So Jess can be like a psychic sniffer dog or something. Um, <laughs> Pretty much. So, uh, yeah. So I think is it Cheryl suggests uh, her sweat. And Lila's like, karma on a sweater? You know, a good dry cleaner will get that right out. <laughs> Well, we cut back to the woods where Liz and Todd are going around in circles. Again, Mm. why didn't they just walk down the fucking road they were left at? Anyway, so they they realise they have to camp. And Liz is like, oh, it won't be that bad. At least we have food and water. But of course, Todd is just glugging away the last of his flask. Jesus. Yeah, so he's basically finished whatever water they had. Liz, again, is like, I can't believe you. Like, no compass, no water, no wonder we're lost. Uh, And then Todd is like, oh, this is Chad's fault, Mr. Speed Racer. And like, it's not really Chad's fault that you're terrible at hiking. But um, Liz is just like, look, things are bad enough right now. Like, let's not fight and make things worse. So Todd is like, "Okay, fair enough. So he says he'll build a fire. Uh, But of course, he hasn't packed any matches. So I don't know what they're going to (laughs) do. Well, we cut back to the casa where Jessica is dismissing all of Liz's clothes uh, as too frumpy for her psychic channeling moment. It's uh, really funny. Yeah, but poor Cheryl is like, what about this cardigan? And Jessica's like, but you don't expect me to get inspired by a cardigan, do you? And there's just like a pile of clothes on the ground that they keep picking up and being like, what about this? And Jessica's like, no. Well, Cheryl says, you're supposed to channel, not critique. (laughs) So uh, Jessica picks up Liz's like cuddly toy from her mm-hmm. bed and uh, it's like, oh no, I see, I can see her. She's hot. She's burning with a fever. And uh, we cut to the forest where Liz is anything but. Of course, she's freezing. Uh, like I knew this was coming, but it was still very funny when it happened. <laughs> um, so yeah, Liz and Todd are sitting beside each other. Liz is shivering because it's really cold now that it's properly nighttime. Uh, and Todd has this, has like a flannel shirt that he then puts around her shoulders and then puts his arms around her too to try and warm her up a little bit um but then it cuts back to jessica again and now she's like oh yeah each time it cuts back to jessica she's in like an increasingly ridiculous pose yeah like, he kind of starts off just sitting on the bed and now she's like standing in kind of a yoga pose of some yeah sort. it's tree pose like, it's great she's like oh she's being attacked by a wild animal she's defenseless <laughs> and then we cut to the forest where todd is like freaking out because there's a spider on his shirt <laughs> Yeah. So we got back to Jessica again. I think is it at this stage she's like literally upside down doing it. She is. Yes. <laughs> My notes say J now upside down. Yeah, of course. So now she's like she's all alone, miserable and starving. And then we again we cut back to the woods where we see Liz and Todd kind of snuggled up together, eating crisps and watching his portable TV. Which it turns out uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark is about to start. So they're actually in for quite a lovely evening. <laughs> She looks pretty nice. They've got popcorn and everything. Yeah. So Todd is all like, oh, I told you the TV was a good idea. But then a breaking news story uh, comes over the airwaves and it's about the escaped prisoner who is apparently <gasps> heading to Sweet Valley State Park. And that's where they are. Oh, no. But the, the batteries on the little portable telly die before <gasps> they can hear any more about this bulletin. So now Liz is properly scared and they actually do hear like a noise in the forest. And it's like, oh, shit. Well, we cut back to the casa where Jessica is in, uh, now sitting on the bed in the lotus position uh, mm. with her sort of feet, you know, in a cross-legged, cross-feeted position and says, oh, no, it's terrible. And they're like, what, what? She's like, oh, I'm stuck. Because she can't. You know, untangle, unpretzel her legs. <laughs> yeah, she's like, I can't move my legs. Oh no! <laughs> and we cut back to the woods where Todd, who was armed with a giant stone, is like, "Run, Liz, run, save yourself!" But she doesn't want to leave him, and the noises of rustling get louder. Mm-hmm. But who should it be? It's Carrie. <laughs> and they're like. <laughs> 
it's just funny that she came back. It's like, okay, fair enough. I guess he didn't want to totally abandon him to the woods, but also, does he deserve rescue? I don't know. Liz does, no. maybe not Todd. <laughs> yeah, I would be completely fine with Todd getting eaten by a bear. Just say. <laughs> well, they were all like, oh, how did you find us? And uh, Carrie says, I could hear your TV from the ranger station. And Todd's like, oh, thank God you found us miles, you know, when we're miles from civilization. And Carrie says that uh, her car is parked at the 7-Eleven that's just right through the trees. So there must have been very small circles that they were going in earlier. I was going to say they're close enough that you could hear Raiders of the Lost Ark coming from the <laughs> from the you know from the ranger station mm-hmm. um, so uh, anyway they've been found they have been rescued <laughs> well we cut back to the castle where Jessica has an ice pack on her forehead and she wails and her soulmate is gone forever and she's all alone in the world and even Cheryl has just had enough of this nonsense and is like get a hold of yourself she'll be fine and uh, Jessica says Cheryl doesn't understand because she and Liz have a psychic twin bond and she knows she's gone forever or is she? <laughs> well, she is not because, of course, Liz just wanders into the door and she's like, hey, guy, it's completely chill. Uh, and they're all like, oh, my God, you're back. And she was like, yeah, I was just out in the woods. Um, but Jessica's like, I must be losing my powers. I saw you in the woods with some psycho. Uh, and then Todd pops up and he's like, oh, she was with me. So Jessica's like, ah, so I was right. <laughs> and she hilarious. He says, I've still got it. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, she runs off with Lila to look through the yearbook and predict who uh, her next date will be. Um, (laughs) Cheryl, who's a sane person, is just glad Liz is safe. And uh, I hope Cheryl gets some study done for this test, whatever it is. (laughs) Me too. So she goes and Todd finally thanks Liz for coming to get him and apologises for ruining her date. And she says she's, you know, she's not sorry that the date ended early. And... Mm. uh, yeah, he apologises again. I just, it's too little too late, Todd. This is the thing, because he's just so, like, unpleasant and just, like, smug all the time that it's like, by the time he gets around to apologising, I'm just so annoyed with him. I'm just like, oh, why do you still put up with him? But anyway, he does apologise and says he feels really stupid for his terrible packing uh, oh. and not having any compass or matches or anything actually useful. Um, but then Liz is like, yeah, but you did remember the TV. So she thanks him then for trying to protect her when, of course, they thought it was a, a crazed prisoner rather than just Kerry coming coming yeah. their way. Uh, and there is kind of a moment where they almost kiss, but then they just hug instead. So again, we are mm. still on this root of Liz and Todd eventually getting back together unfortunately (laughs) but again it's all just kind of bit by bit so it's like they're hugging they're friends it's fine I think it was Liz I felt it was Liz who sort of stopped it becoming a kiss rather than Todd I think so too yeah Yeah, no I think you're right yeah but it's a a bit ambiguous Mm. so Todd heads off and then we got to the convict. (laughs) (laughs) Now I will say I was half holding out for Carl the Orderly to be the escaped But I suppose he already got like a three episode kidnapping arc. So fair enough. We're done with him. That's true. (laughs) So we cut to the actual convict uh, who's like just this huge dude with long hair and a beard. And he's in a very nice Mercedes. (laughs) Strangely familiar Mercedes. So uh, yeah, he plonks down in his orange jumpsuit. Uh, He's got a burrito in one Mm -hmm. paw. And uh, he's chowing down on that as he turns on the radio. And the news says that... um, it's very detailed news bulletin. It says that the escaped prisoner was last seen in a Mercedes owned by Chadwick Harding the Third. I love how specific that is. Like it's so <laughs> silly, but it's just like, yes, okay, we get what's happening here. <laughs> but yeah, so this guy, his burrito is like cartoonishly messy. There's sauce yes. everywhere. It's all over his hands, which I think are in a pair of driving gloves. <laughs> <laughs> which is a very good detail so he's kind of adjusting the mirror he's getting sauce everywhere basically he's making absolute shite of this car so uh when he listens to this about it being chadwick harding the third's car he's like uh it's mine now pal and like peels off in the car and we see that the plate the license plate reads chad three <laughs> oh <laughs> It's not quite one Bruce one, but it's not bad. It's very fucking close. It is basically Bruce stand-in, like, for this guy. 
Well, we cut back uh, to the school. I guess it's the next day. And uh, in class, Jessica can't wait for the test result. Uh, Her Mm -hmm. first day. How did she think she was going to get an A from a test in which she was given detention? (laughs) I know. She was basically doing her, "Mm, I see. And then just writing an answer and then doing it again and again and again. But anyway, look, she was that convinced of her powers. But uh, yeah, so she's expecting her A, but uh, is in for a rude awakening. She is, because of course, Cheryl was the correct predictor because Liz or Jessica has got an F and Cheryl's like, I still see a big red F. And uh, Jessica is horrified and Lila says, wow, Cheryl is psychic. That's what I would say. Cheryl laughs. I love her. Uh, I know, yes. My notes are just like, Cheryl looks really cute and smiles. <laughs> <laughs> And that is the end of Don't Strand So Close to Me. (laughs) Oh, God. I do enjoy a little Jessica Delusion uh, B-plot, so that was fun. (laughs) Same. Uh, It was actually a pretty fun episode, apart from Todd's general douchiness, which is always an issue. I know. As one, you know, once he's around, we just basically have to accept that that's the vibe. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) The little answering machine montage was pretty great, though. The, uh, oh, that the was great. It's like a, a highlight is like two of the characters that weren't even in it, but still managed to be brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> well, Pi Beta Alpha siblings, let us know what you thought of Don't Strand So Close to Me. Um, did you uh, was did you recognize the two shirt vibe? Like, was that a look? <laughs> It didn't cross the Atlantic, but like, (laughs) was it all the rage in North America? Did you also have a ridiculous answering machine message in the 90s? (laughs) And you also still remember it by heart because you had to listen to it every time you checked the the messages. so good let us know Uh, I mean I would like to hear of other people's answer routine messages because I I just feel that it was a a zeitgeisty thing that you know doesn't uh, get really acknowledged in popular Mm. culture that it was like a brief phase it was the golden age of answering messages Um, well do share yours and uh, contact us you can of course find us on well I mean (laughs) is anyone still even using Twitter it's just become so unuser friendly and horrible but But we're there we are still on SVH podcast there sporadically you can send us an email at svhpodcast at gmail.com and of course we are on Instagram at svhpodcast now you you had some thoughts to share last time um, so uh, yeah we uh, we got some we got first of all we got some information on um, toys for tots which is probably a real thing who knew I honestly did not expect that to be a real thing but yeah apparently it's a huge charity in America so Okay, cool. I <laughs> just really assumed it was just a made-up thing. It sounds show. like a made-up name. It, it really does. But yeah, it basically is like a huge, I guess, nationwide like toy appeal at Christmas time. Yeah. Um, and like there are similar things here, I suppose, but there's not like one major concerted effort, I suppose. Like different charities kind of yeah. do that type of thing at Christmas time. All right, yeah. Well, uh, we also, because again, we love being informed. We love learning uh, from our listeners. Uh, Kai did um, said that pocketbook is just another word for purse or handbag or what have you. By the way, complicating things, when we say purse, we mean like a wallet. (laughs) (laughs) A lady's wallet. Lady's wallet. It's a purse. (laughs) Yeah, that's so funny, actually. I hadn't thought of that, but that is another layer of complication to be confusion uh, to the, the bag discourse basically yeah. between here and the states yeah but uh yeah kite said it doesn't imply a particular size or shape or anything it's like the everyday bag that woman carries that's not say a backpack um or pocketbook and she said as a small child i carried five or six of them and called them googa goops because oh i could not pronounce pocketbook which it's is so, adorable it's so cute <laughs> oh my god googa goops like that is just the most adorable thing ever. <laughs> we also had some snow chat um, that really suggests that Lila's machine was not making real snow, even though they kept saying real snow. Well, we, yeah, I suppose, yeah, we did get a few responses about snow because yeah. Yeah, there, there are machines that 
do make real snow, but they're like in proper ski resorts to like yeah. fluff up the slopes. Yeah, check me yeah. out. I go skiing. Vivian yeah. uh, <laughs> Shirley is is Canadian. They must know. They must know about snow. Canadians know about snow. Yeah. <laughs> <That's true. laughs> uh, yes, because that's what it was. Vivian Shirley who said yes. Ski hills can make snow to plump up poultry runs. It requires being shot in the air pretty high. Snow in California in an urban area would more likely be movie snow, which would be mm. like cellulose and other stuff. <laughs> Sorry, Lila. Both get made in Ottawa due to Hallmark Christmas films and several <gasps> nearby ski hills. So yeah, Canadians are basically experts on snow is what yeah. I've learned. <laughs> Unlike us, where it really does not snow very often. No. <laughs> uh, plucky insolence reminded me, because uh, I do remember this story back in the day, that uh, um, back in the in the Beverly Hills 90210 oh, yeah. era of the early mid-90s, again, mm. not that long before the series, mm. there was a story about Aaron Spelling getting real snow uh, for Tory as a child. And as uh, Fucky Insulin said, if Tory could have it, Lila could have real snow too. Very fair. That Yeah, that checks out, to be honest. <laughs> Fucky Insulin's also reminded us it was Ronnie Edwards' dad who was the other oh. parent seen on the show. And, On uh, secrets, that's right. Yeah. Pointed out, she said. Speaking of more music, uh, which was the um, the 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 business that she owned, <laughs> if Enid became the anti-drug spokesperson who went on tour with Aerosmith, shouldn't it be easy for her to get concert tickets? Enid should be connected. Very true. Yeah. <laughs> well, Fatakshan made a very good point. Said. It's funny how Liz, as a child, you might remember she was playing Operation on her own. Oh, yes. It's funny how she had no one else to play with. I mean, it's not like she has a brother or anything. He must have run <laughs> off with Alice and the Milkman. They're all somewhere living their best life away from these drama queens. <laughs> That's so true. But yeah, there's genuinely been absolutely no mention of Stephen like in this series at all. He basically does not exist in the TV show. Yeah. I mean, the, the lack of parental presence is... <laughs> really getting cartoonish at this stage where we've had Liz being in the hospital uh, we've had her being kidnapped mm-hmm. <laughs> we've had and then Jessica got kidnapped instead like it was <laughs> it was ridiculous like the amount of life-threatening situations they've all been in and like cops calling to their house and there's just <laughs> no mention of parents <laughs> meanwhile I think uh, socially awkward skeleton spoke for quite a few people when she said I was so turned on by Winston in a turtleneck that I didn't even notice the Super Mario Brothers pants. You see, it's the power of the black turtleneck. <laughs> it cancels uh, out the dungarees. I mean, does it? <laughs> yes, it does. The poll proved that it did. So, oh, that's true. God <laughs> damn it. <laughs> it was very decisive and conclusive as a poll. And I did see that you voted for your own opinion on it, by the way. I did. Yes. <laughs> Under my own. <laughs> I would have my say. <laughs> one podcaster, one vote. <laughs> well, listeners, Pi Beta Alpha sisters, thank you so much for joining us and for supporting the show, especially this month when our schedule is a bit all over the place. Um, it really is, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, I've just come back from Vienna. I went over to Salzburg, Sound of, Mu- Sound of Music fans. I saw the convent that both the real and fictional Maria um, ran off from and uh, got to sing amid some Alps. But um, Karen's off to sunny shores soon. But do not worry, you will not be left empty-handed. That's true. Yes, so we will be pretty much keeping our bonus episode schedule the way it's meant to be. I think. Yes. We? yes. <laughs> we are. Karen did up a very impressive little calendar showing all our, our dates <laughs> for our, our own benefit, but this we're is still getting we, confused by it. Honestly, we're so confused all the time. <laughs> we need visual aids for all of these things. <laughs> well, next week on the main feed, uh, we are giving um, the general public a taste of Pi Beta Alpha, a little peek inside the clubhouse, if you will. And we're giving them the uh, the episode we did on the pom pom wars because Jessica quits the squad is the start of is going to be our next actual book coverage. Um, but uh, actually, if you if you want something fresh to listen to from us, you will be able to hear us not on this podcast, <laughs> but on a very uh, distinguished podcast all the way. From Australia. 
Yes. Uh, yeah, we were interviewed by some very nice Australian broadcasters uh, and oh, flip, what's the show called? <laughs> Stop, Stop everything. everything. Stop everything. Stop everything. <laughs> if we don't write things down for the show, we do not remember it's them. It's so. gone. Like, yeah. It's- <laughs> but yeah, we had a great chat uh, with Benjamin and Wenley and that is going to be out on Friday. So you're going to get to listen to us chat to them about our problematic faves and truly is there any fave more problematic than Sweet Valley High? <laughs> God almighty there isn't especially <laughs> after we've just ploughed through the five, seven, three, two, one part <laughs> Love and Lies series. Oh God, we came out the other side though and that's the main thing. <laughs> we did. So uh, yes, do please listen to uh, to Stop Everything. It is a great show and uh, I think anybody who's a fan of this podcast will will very much enjoy um i think you're it's in the it's in the the same sort of mindset as this mm. podcast i think it's safe to say definitely yeah we had a great chat uh and it was great fun so yeah so that'll be out on friday so you will have something yeah new to listen to of us babbling basically yeah. <laughs> and of course maybe it'll whet your uh excitement to your anticipation for our forthcoming live extravaganza <gasps> yes of course so we are doing our Halloween special for this year is going to be a live episode uh, and that is going to be on the 26th of October. It's a Thursday. So if you're in Dublin or nearby, do come hang out with us. I'm already getting that like birthday party fear. I'm like, oh God, what if nobody comes? I you know, know what? Even if only 10 people come, we're going to have great crack. It'll be fine. Yes. But do come and get tickets. It's going to be great fun. We're having a costume competition. Like it's going to be the crack. <laughs> uh, we also have tickets available for a live stream. Um, so yeah, so you kind of get to be still be part of it, even if you're in a different time zone, which we know many of you are. Um, but yeah, we're really excited about it. I think it's going to be, it's going to be great fun. I'll be wearing a silk blouse, listeners. I don't <laughs> know about you, but I will be wearing the, 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 the sacred garment, the blessed garment of Sweet Valley. <laughs> Their Turin shroud, if you will. <laughs> Wonderful. Oh my God, it's going to be such good crack. <laughs> I will be giving away a special prize. So I call it a booby prize, as you'll find out when you see it. But um, we will be doing a costume contest. So do deck yourself out in your mm. best Sweet Valley duds. Do I'm I'm so excited. Oh, my God. I mean, to be fair, the last time we did a live show, people turned up in costume unprompted. So it's like. This is already a great vibe. I'm very excited. I'm nervous, but I'm also excited. It's great. It will be great fun. We'll have a bag of cans. We'll have special guest Amy Clark and it'll be brilliant. It will. So uh, yeah, Irish listeners do join us there. Uh, Thank you to everybody who's got tickets already. Like quite a few of them have been sold. Mm. Um, And uh, yeah, if you haven't yet do so now just to make sure you get a place because uh there's a there's a very nice vibe in that head in that podcast studio recording arena as those of you who attended our last show with Louise O'Neill back in 2019 um will know and uh yeah we will hope to see to see some of you there and maybe some of you will see us on the live st- on the live stream which will be available after the show because we know that for some people it's going to be either uh, middle of the night or yeah. <laughs> middle of the work day. <laughs> Fair, yeah. Yeah, so there, yeah, we will be able to sort you out with, uh, yeah, kind of a, a delayed viewing if needs be. Um, so that should all be cool. But um, but yeah, but do join us either in spirit or in person. We will take either one. <laughs> <laughs> the cans will be flowing, uh, possibly not too much because we don't want to really lose the one of ourselves. But... True. <laughs> And just start absolutely slagging off Nicholas Morrow to the point where it becomes unbroadcastable. So. <laughs> <laughs> We're live streaming. They can't be stopped. Yeah. <laughs> We've been I mean, let loose. Oh, God. I mean, I'm sure it will surprise nobody to learn that this podcast is very rarely edited. So, yeah, <laughs> <Imagine>. you. <laughs> To be fair, that has nothing to do with the producers and editors in Head Stuff because they're all very good at what they do. This is just how we just keep it. We're just like, nah, no cuts, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> the only time it happens is when we lose the connection and, yeah. you know, there's an actual technical issue. But uh, worryingly, the rest of it is just what comes out. 
<laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> Well, uh, we will, I guess, see, I've got to look at this thing again. Seriously, <laughs> like it's, we have really made a rod for our own, our back with this complicated <laughs> schedule. <laughs> yes, in the main feed next week will be uh, the Pom Pom Wars. You might want to listen to it again, or you can enjoy our interview on Stop Everything Instead, which is coming mm-hmm. out um, tomorrow. Uh, also, just be warned that the head stuff, um, the Headstuff Plus, like the Headstuff Podcast's website, is being updated this week. So uh, there, you know, if you have any issues, get in touch with them. There's going to be a new feed that will be an uh, like a special ad-free version mm-hmm. of Double Love that you'll be able to add to your podcast catcher of choice, and it'll have all your main episodes and your bonus episodes all in one place. My God, that's so handy. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, so yeah, just uh, just be be aware that there might be, you know, just in case there's any glitches or anything, mm. just uh, brace yourself. But uh, mm. Although it, to be it, fair, if you've gotten this far in the episode and you're hearing this now, you probably have found a way to listen to it. And God point. But look, if there has been issues, they're not our fault, we promise. <laughs> and everyone's doing their best. So hopefully it all went fine. And there was no need for any of this. But look, we will find it. <laughs> Well, thank you for joining us, Pi Beta Alpha Sisters. Thank you so much for supporting the show. We really appreciate every single one of you. Uh, thanks to all the, the people who have joined recently. I don't know whether mm. you've worked your way through the back catalogue yet. I mean, some of you have worked through your way through our back catalogues impressively fast. So it's a little alarming, to be honest. I'm just like, <laughs> that can't be good for a person to listen to that much of us in that short a time. <laughs> Whoops among us has not done a worrying backlog podcast binge. I know I have. So. Uh, fair. <laughs> well, we appreciate you binging. We really appreciate you supporting the show. And uh, yeah, hopefully we'll see some of you in person very soon. But uh, we will see you back in the clubhouse in two weeks. I guess we're back to normal schedule for that. Yes. Where... Uh, we- we will, oh my God, they're back in the ponds again. Yes. <laughs> we will find out what happens when, uh, well, actually, the title is, it is a clear pun, mm-hmm. but we the context is unclear. Uh, okay. Well, let's hope that what happens when Todd falls off so, a large structure when oh. the gang go all along the water tower. Oh, interesting. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I presume this is all, it's like, it's meant to be all along the watchtower. The watchtower. Yeah, that makes sense. Some, there's obviously a, a previously unseen water tower in Sweet Valley, I guess. Well, let's hope somebody pushes Todd off it. We anyway. can only hope. <laughs> <laughs> See you then, everybody. Thanks for listening. Bye. This show is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network.